some very familiar passages this morning, starting from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 to 7. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you, as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And next we read from another very familiar um, reading from John 3, verse 16 to 21. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Good morning, everyone. My name's Stephen. I'm one of the ministers here. I've been on leave, and it's great to be back with you again. Now, uh, you can see up on the screen there a picture of my brother. You can also see that he's, he's troubled just by what he's doing there. When he was about four years old, so just a little bit older than that, one Christmas, he, he accidentally opened up one of my dad's presents while we were all busy watching someone else open a present. And it was one of those boring kind of socks and, and jocks kind of presents. And so my brother holds up this, this enormous pair of red undies and he says, thanks, mum. And what made it so funny is that he was just so genuine in his gratitude. I mean, what kind of four-year-old gets excited about getting a pair of undies for Christmas, let alone a kind of giant novelty pair? It was like in all the excitement of opening presents, my brother wasn't thinking very deeply about what he was actually getting as he was opening up the presents. Well, in a way, I was thinking about it, we can be a bit like my brother at Christmas time. It's quite easy, don't you reckon, to to miss what we're actually celebrating today. It's easy to to miss exactly what God is is giving to us when he gives us Jesus. Now, most Christians, if you ask them, they'll they'll tell you that, that Jesus is the best gift at Christmas. But we don't always feel the truth of this, if we're honest. Sometimes we're a little bit unsure exactly why Jesus is the best gift. And that's why for these last few weeks, we've been looking at four things that that God gives us 
when he gives us Jesus. Now, there's more than four, of course, but we've just been focusing on four, and they've all come from John's Gospel. And today, as Mark said just before, we see that when God gives us Jesus, he gives us light. Have a look at at John chapter 1, verse 9. It says, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Now, clearly this is a, a metaphor, and there are at least three things meant by this metaphor. And so first of all, when Jesus says he's the light of the world, he means he's the source and the sustainer of life. And so this means that when God gives us Jesus, he's giving us the gift of knowing the source and sustainer of life. Look at John chapter 1, verse 3 where we see that light is a metaphor for life. We read, through him, that's through Jesus, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that's been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Jesus is light to us, like the sun is light to our world. You know, without the sun, there's no life, there's only darkness, there's only death. And so this is saying that whether we acknowledge the warmth of this light or not, it's only because of Jesus that there's life at all. And so the gift that God is giving us is the creative genius behind it all. He's giving us the one who invented happiness, the the one who invented friendship, the one who invented laughter and sex and marriage and love and everything. God, in in giving us Jesus, is giving us the source and sustainer of life for us to know him and and to be led by him. This is actually a huge thing, but again, it's one of those things which is easy for us to miss the significance, the the value of this gift. Occasionally, I I go up to the the Barossa Valley and and go wine tasting. Usually, it's it's because friends are visiting from interstate or family. Uh, Maybe some of you are doing that while you're visiting here in South Australia. Now, most of the time when you go wine tasting, you you get the employee who's sort of guiding you through the different wines. And they they do a fine enough job, but you can't help but feel like they're giving you the spiel that they've given hundreds of times already that day. But sometimes when I've been up there wine tasting, the, the owner of the uh, vineyard comes through and actually does the tasting, maybe because they're busy or something like that. He steps in. And when you get the owner as your guide, it's a completely different experience because you get someone who's passionate about what they do, passionate about their wine. You get someone who doesn't give you the spiel. They speak from what they know and they really care about. And for all the guides that we could have through life, telling us how to live and think you know, from talk show hosts like Koshi and Oprah, or academics even, like Jordan Peterson, or social media influencers, or even friends and family, for all the people who could guide me through life, I'd take the one who is the source and the sustainer of life any day. Give me Jesus, because he won't give you the spiel. He will light up your life like no one else can. Have you ever seen the, um, the, the Murray Cliffs through the day? 
they're actually not all that noticeable through the day. But when the light hits them at sunset or sunrise, they come alive and and they they glow golden. This is what our, our world is like when Jesus lights it up. This world was made for his light and, it, and it's made beautiful by his light. But you know, the opposite is true as well. When this world steps out of his light, it can actually be a dark and cold place. And this brings us to our second point. Because in giving us Jesus, God gives us the gift of knowing that we are in darkness. Look at John 3 verse 19 again. It says, this is the verdict... Light has come into the world, that's Jesus, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. When God gives us Jesus, he's giving us the gift of seeing who we really are. And he says, this is who we really are. We actually love darkness instead of light. Now, that's a a bit confronting. You know, we can accept that our world in, in general is drawn to dark things. You just have to open up your news app and have a look at it for five minutes to see that that's true. You just have to think of Russia and and Ukraine or just think of a nuclear weapon and you can see that that is true. Or on a personal level, you have as as many stories as I do, stories of people having dark moments, moments that they don't want others to see. Or if you're a parent, you know, you, you, you see your kids tend towards dark things at times they can be cruel to other kids and you think where does this come from and we don't really want to know the answer it's not hard to see darkness in this world but it can be quite hard to see it within ourselves not because it's not not there within us but it's hard to see because we hate to have it pointed out but that's what god does when he sends jesus He points it out. That's part of the gift. He says, yes, I am here. Yes, I do care. And no, you are not what you are supposed to be. We we want God to shine a soft, warm kind of light on us, a glow on us that makes us feel better about ourselves. But the kind of light that Jesus shines is bright and pure and uncomfortable. And this might sound like a bit of a strange gift. It it is a strange gift, isn't it? There's no doubt about that. Hopefully, none of us here today unwrapped a gift that was a mirror along with a a voucher to a a beautician. (laughs) Hopefully, none of you gave a gift like that. That wouldn't just be a strange gift, a gift like that. That that would be a a cruel gift. But this isn't a gift like that. Hopefully, none of us unwrapped a set of scales along with a gym membership today either. That's not a gift. It's a passive-aggressive insult. (laughs) But what God is giving us, this gift of pointing out the darkness in us, it's not a gift like that. Because if I was an alcoholic pouring my life down the drain, and if someone could give me the gift of seeing myself and what I was doing for who I really am, so that I might actually do something about it. That's not cruel. That's the gift of shining light in dark places. I read a a Facebook post from a friend a little while ago who was diagnosed with melanoma, but he didn't get that diagnosis for a year. He, He just 
did nothing about it for a year. And he wrote, please, please don't do what I did. It's better to know the truth. And it's the same with God. It's better to know the truth about who we really are so that we can respond to it. You know, Jesus says there's there's only two ways you can respond to it. We read them. In chapter 3, verse 20, he, he says, here's the first way to respond. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. That's the first way to respond. But then the second, he says in verse 21, but whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they've done has been done in the sight of God. Now, some of us, we see the truth about ourselves and we don't like it necessarily. But we also see the truth about God. And it's like we're so caught up by God's beauty, who he is and what he's on about, his goodness, his kindness, his compassion, his perfection. It's like we can't do anything but move towards him. I used to live in New South Wales in a place called Kiama on the, on the south coast, just below Sydney. And at night, sometimes you could, you could come into the kitchen and, and you'd turn on the kitchen light and cockroaches would scurry off in all different directions. Now, you haven't met a, a cockroach unless you've lived on the south coast, on the east coast of Australia. You know, what, what we have here are kind of cute little adorable things that you could adopt as pets. But on the east coast, they're jet black, huge, disgusting, lick your toothbrush at night kind of things. <laughs> Even your face. And some nights I'd turn on the, the light and instantly five or six cockroaches would run in every direction. They hated the light. Couldn't stand it. They had to get out of it no matter what. But you know also in Kaima, and actually I reckon I've seen a couple here in Adelaide uh, at this time of year for the first time, there's another kind of insect, a Christmas beetle, kind of golden. Now, they're also not so nice to look at, really, and they've kind of got those stabby little legs that kind of hurt when you pick them up. But these guys, when you turn on the light, they're captivated by it. They're drawn to the light. They're unable to leave it. Well, that's what it's like to be a follower of Jesus. We see who we are. We see that within us there's a a darkness, just like there is within everyone. But we don't run, because we see even more powerfully who God is. And we can't look away now, no matter what. The gift is, we see the truth about ourselves at the same time that we see the truth about who God is. It's like we, we stand in front of a mirror that can see into our hearts And suddenly the lights come on and and, and we see what our hearts are really like. But we also see at the same time that there is Jesus beside us who will never leave us, even though he sees too. He doesn't run from us. The gift is we're accepted, not because we're beautiful, not because we belong in the light, but because God will never turn away from those who turn to him. Never. This brings us to the final thing that we see in this metaphor. When God gives us Jesus, he's giving us the gift of a life lit up and eternal. In John 8, verse 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. 
the gift that Jesus gives us is, is that Jesus lights up how to live now well and how we can go on living forever. How to live well now and how we can live forever. We can live forever if we know him because he has died in our place for our darkness. And we can live well now because he lights up our way. Many years ago, I used to go hiking with a friend. Um, He's now my brother-in-law. And one time we we went hiking to a place called uh, Bungonia River. And uh, it's on the, sorry, Bungonia National Park on the Shellhaven River. My friend's dad, he gave us a lift there. But the thing with my friend's dad is he was never in a hurry to do anything. And so we kept pestering, but it took him all day to finally get us there. And by the time we got to this place where we were going to go hiking and, and camping, it was starting to get dark. You can kind of see that in the picture here. And the sensible thing to, to do would have been just to make camp at the top of the ridge. But we were 16, and so we were not sensible. And so we set off making our way down to that, that river that you can see there. But by the time we were just a quarter of the way into the trip, it was completely dark and we'd lost the track and we were just kind of feeling our way downwards, downwards, blind. Now, surprisingly, most of the trip was fine, maybe because we were 16, I don't know. Ignorance is kind of bliss, or it feels like bliss anyway. And it wasn't until the morning that we could see what we'd come down that we saw just how dangerous it had been. But, you know, on that trip, there, there were these moments, I remember them. There were the moments where that feeling of, of panic kind of threatened to overtake you. When you're on a cliff and, and you can feel yourself slipping. And from the sound of the rocks sort of crashing down below, you know you don't want to fall. But the real panic is you have no idea whether you should keep going ahead or whether that's going to end in an even worse cliff but you really don't want to go back because you know what you've just been through. Now, I'll tell you what, in in those kind of moments, those panic moments, all you want is light, proper light. You know, you would give anything for it to be daylight. But then once those moments have passed, it's kind of like the desperation for light also passes. Now, it seems to me this is so similar to how many of us experience this life You know, most of the time, everything feels fine, doesn't it? Everything feels fine. But then there are these crisis points in life, suddenly, where we realize we're walking completely in the dark, and we're slipping, and we have no idea what we should do. For some people, it's a marriage crisis, or it's a crisis with your kids, or teenagers, or a health issue, or a work issue, or a death, or an addiction... Or sometimes it's just reaching a certain age and thinking, what is the purpose of all this? What is the meaning of this? Where is this even going? And for some, that moment comes and and goes, and the desperation comes and goes. But for others, it's a turning point in your life that makes you go looking for a greater light, a greater light to guide you through your life. Well, Jesus is that kind of light. Jesus will give you the gift of that kind of light. He gives you the the gift of seeing what life's really about. He gives you the gift of seeing how to live 
now and forever. With Jesus, we're not left with any sense of doubt about what life's about or what we should be doing or what's right and wrong. Jesus lights our steps. He lights up our life's purpose. He lights up our identity and our meaning and our eternal destiny. If you're not sure where you're at with Jesus, the light of this world, I'm sure you have your reasons. But are you sure of those reasons? See, notice here, it's not the light who rejects us. It's us who rejects the light, who won't come into the light. It's very easy to reject the light for reasons that aren't as solid as we first thought. And Jesus tells us it's exactly what we're inclined to do. We're inclined to run away from the light. But if we have the courage to kind of look past what the light reveals about ourselves, to actually see what it reveals about God, it's captivating. It's life-changing. Don't run out of the light. Step into it. Lean into it. Give Jesus a go. The best way that you could do that, give Jesus a go, is is actually to read through John's account of his life, with maybe with someone who's brought you along today. I'm sure they'd love to read it with you. And if you have no doubt where you're at with Jesus, you, you know you're a follower of Jesus, I hope today that in between all the fun and the food and the presents, I hope you can stop and appreciate this gift that you've been given by God. In Jesus our forgiveness and acceptance is lit up our purpose, our meaning, our hope and future. These things, they're priceless. You know, a Bunnings gift card is not. <laughs> but what we have in Jesus, what we're celebrating today, truly is priceless. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you so much for the gift we have in Jesus, light, that in desperate times, And in ordinary times, we know exactly what this life is about in Him. We know exactly where our life is heading in Him. That we don't need those moments of panic, that we have the peace and understanding that just goes beyond anything else that we can ever be given in this world. We thank you for that gift. And we ask, Lord, that we would appreciate it today of all days. Amen.